0: Hey everyone. Welcome to Know Your Food with Warty. I'm Warty in Southwest Oregon, a traditional food blogger at Gnaklis.com and knowyourfoodpodcast.com. I'm glad you're here. This is the podcast where we're all about ditching those poisonous processed foods, breaking free from the conventional food paradigm, and instead embracing whole foods raised, saved, and prepared with traditional methods. It's fun, it's delicious, and it's healthy. You're on your way to looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good. Hi and welcome. This is Know Your Food with Wardy, episode 143. For those of you who are joining me on iTunes or when this podcast is published on the blog, Uh, The show notes are available for you at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 143. If you're here with me live for this recording on Periscope, yay, I'm so happy to see you. And if you're listening later and you're wondering, what is this about Periscope? Well, you can join the fun. Most Thursdays, I hop on the Periscope app. And my handle is at Trad Cook School. It's right behind me if you're watching this video. So make sure to follow at Trad Cook School and then watch your phone's notifications for when I hop on to record Know Your Food with Wardy. It's a lot of fun to share the content of the podcast, but also have the live interaction and feedback. So as I'm recording this, you might hear me address someone in the comments who's here live, and that's just part of the fun. And I think I just saw a comment. Someone can't be here the whole time, but thank you so much for being here as long as you are. It really makes it fun for me. And also I want to mention, if you aren't yet aware, that Ask Wardy is a uh, dedicated live show that I do on Periscope every wednesday at 10 a.m pacific 1 p.m eastern so again follow at trad cook school on periscope or go to periscope.tv slash trad cook school in your in your browser and you can join the fun for the ask wardy show it's a shorter show the podcast is longer between 30 and 45 minutes ask wardy is 15 to 20 minutes usually a shorter question and of course you can submit those questions Um, So let's get into today's podcast. We're talking which diet is right for me, traditional food or gut healing. You wouldn't believe how often I get this question. And I wanna do a quick survey now of those of you who are in the audience with me. So put in the comments, thank you for the hearts, everyone. You're flowing lots of love and they're colorful, so I know that means it's lots of you doing it. So put in the comments with your first name. Um, If you are on gut healing diet. So you can type GH, or traditional food diet Uh, and you can type tf for that i'd like to get a quick survey here um, where everybody is who's here and if you're listening to this later you can always come by the show notes knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 143 and tell me so we have a gut healing from meg we have a tc which i'm thinking is tf we have another tf another tf another tf lisa is tf shelly is tf Uh, We have a trying gut healing. Great. Chrissy is TF. Cassie is TF. Julie is TF. uh, G.H. Danielle is TF. So kind of heavy on the TF, which doesn't surprise me because it's traditional cooking school, but we have a solid representation. And Sherry, a solid representation of gut healing. I myself have been on a gut healing diet, so it actually reversed my seasonal allergies. And I'm going to talk to you about that a little bit at the end. So this is a very common question. And I'm going to quote, um, Niala who wrote in recently and she said, good morning, Wardy. I feel so confused on what diet to follow. There are so many options and I'm not sure which is best for me and my family. So that is a great question. I not only get it from Niala, but I get it from a lot of people. And we've even had some posts at traditional cooking school about it. In fact, if you go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash which diet, um, our guest poster, um, Melanie Christner, who is a GAPS practitioner, um, actually did a pretty comprehensive write-up for us on the differences between the traditional food and GAPS diet. And I'm going to be relying on a lot of that information today and sharing more with you as well to go over the options for families. Because if you're in our world of traditional cooking or back to basics cooking, you hear, you know, gut healing diet, GAPS, autoimmune protocol, body ecology, traditional foods, paleo, primal, and you're like, I don't know which one. Sometimes, I mean, it looks like in the comments, a lot of people do know, but If you have a healing crisis or something you want to figure out, you might be wondering which direction do I go? So that's what we're going to talk about today, but we are going to pretty much focus on the umbrella of gut healing diets versus traditional food, or I should have put that the other way. We're going to talk about traditional foods and we're going to contrast that with gut healing because traditional foods is kind of the nutrient dense, old fashioned diet that we do at traditional cooking school. And I'll explain it in a bit. And if you restrict it and refine it for deeper healing, that's when you get into the realm of the gut healing diets. There's a lot of similarities, but there are some differences too. And they can be key in your healing process if you need to heal. Thank you for the love. Feel free. Um, if you like what you're hearing, like Tosh just did to share this on Periscope or uh, Facebook or Twitter because there may be others in your um, in your sphere of influence or your friends and family that have these questions, I'd love to have them come on board. Thank you Meg for inviting your followers. So we're going to start first um, with the traditional food diet with the big umbrella of traditional foods. So, um, Similar diets, although they're more restrictive, you might say are paleo and primal, you've heard those words, although those eliminate big food groups like grains. Um, In traditional cooking, we take care to prepare our grains for better digestion and nutrition. Paleo and primal may eliminate them completely, but I kind of classify traditional foods, paleo and primal, um, similarly. And people have been eating traditional foods for a long time, though in 1999, we had an official organization established to kind of promote and spread the news of it. And it was in 1999, it's the Weston A. Price Foundation, it was founded by the um, wasn't founded by him, but people who uh, followed the teachings and findings of Dr. Weston Price. He was a dentist who traveled the world and studied indigenous cultures. He studied isolated, non-industrialized people who were very healthy to find out why were they so healthy. And his research demonstrated that humans can achieve really, really good health, physical form, good teeth. And health generation after generation when they're consuming nutrient-dense foods and vital fat soluble activators that are found in animal fats. Now that's it in a nutshell, but I'm going to tell you more about what makes up the traditional diet. And I'm so thankful to Weston A. Price who did those studies and then to people like Sally Fallon and the others um, in the in today's Weston A. Price Foundation who are... Really spreading the word word, and producing books like Nourishing Traditions that Sally did years ago and Nourishing Tradition for Kids, even recently, where Sally wrote that with my friend Suzanne. Um, And the Weston A. Price Foundation, if you're not a member, you can consider. It's westonaprice.org. If you become a member, you support their work, but you also get a wonderful quarterly publication. So I'm just throwing that out there. Now let's talk about some of the specifics of a traditional uh, food diet. I should say one more thing. If you really want to know more, um, I have this post I mentioned before that goes through kind of the dietary guidelines of the traditional food diet. It's know your slash which diet. So you can go there and read just kind of point by point. I'm going to give a, a larger summary here for the purposes of time. So the traditional food diet, um, soaking, sprouting, fermenting. I know I've mentioned those words. You probably, you know, see soaked recipes or sourdough recipes. Well, these are very important traditional methods that yield that make our seeds, grains, beans, nuts or even seeds like sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds. If you soak, sprout or ferment these, you make them more digestible and nutritious. People get tummy aches, they get allergies, they develop food sensitivities, they get mineral deficiencies if grains beans nuts seeds are not soaked sprouted or fermented these are the pretty kind of the hallmark methods of traditional cooking is learning how to soak sprout and ferment and they don't take a lot of time if you're already cooking from scratch Um, they just take an extra step or steps like eight to twelve hours before and that's what we teach at traditional cooking school Um, Another hallmark of a traditional food diet is raw milk and cultured milk. So we culture raw dairy into raw cheese or own yogurt or kefir. So that whole realm of raw dairy and then um, culturing that's not at high temperatures. It's culturing where you preserve the enzymes and the beneficial organisms and you make an explosion of more beneficial organisms and acids. You also reduce lactose uh, so that, you know, somebody has a lactose intolerance. They can often, I'm not going to promise, but they can often tolerate raw, raw dairy or cultured raw dairy because of not only the reduction of lactose, but because in raw dairy, the lactase, the enzyme required to digest lactose is not destroyed. It's destroyed in pasteurization. It's not destroyed if you preserve milk in its raw state or you culture it from its raw state at low temperatures. Another hallmark is pastured and naturally raised meats, poultry, and eggs. They have the proper ratio of, because, I should take a step back, because the animals are raised in their natural environment, they don't have antibiotics, um, they're not having genetically modified corn and soy, they're eating mostly pasture, chickens are, have access to lots of bugs. Well, if, if animals eat what they're supposed to eat, then they're milk, eggs, and, and meat, is healthier. It has the proper ratio of omega six to omega three essential fatty acids. Overall, the saturated fats are the way they should be. They're rich with fat soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K. The protein is high quality. The animals are healthy, not stressed and sick animals make sick meat for us. Healthy animals make healthy meat for us. So traditional foods relies on healthy. Hi, Jessica. I'm so glad you caught me live. I'm glad to see you. This is Jessica. I featured her last week on the last podcast, the, the, um, the writer of the DIY Herbal Coffee Substitutes. And it's so glad to see you, Jessica. Look, another hallmark fermented foods, sauerkraut. I mentioned cultured dairy, but fermented foods, there's an explosion of probiotics, um, vitamins, enzymes. Beneficial acids, they're so good for our guts, they populate our guts with healthy organisms to improve digestion and nutrition, so they're just really, really healthy for us. Another thing about traditional cooking, traditional foods, broth. Broth is one of the most healing foods there is. It's a foundation of a healthy diet, Um, and I'm talking about broth from... Uh, made from the bones of healthy animals. Like I was talking about earlier, those bones are healthy and the broth is rich with gelatin, which is so th- soothing. The broth helps you, um, get more protein, ass- your body. It helps your body assimilate more protein from the, um, the foods you're eating. So if it's accompanied by broth, you're actually using the protein better. Um, well-raised animals, the broth from the bones of well-raised animals, minerals, and we're so deficient in minerals these days. So broth is a wonderful source of minerals. Uh, traditional foods, it's also all about traditional saturated fats like butter, coconut oil, um, and extra virgin olive oil fresh. So basically the fats that have been around for a long time, we're not talking about trans fats or chemically processed fats or heat processed fats. We're talking about those old fats that people could do before the age of industrialization. And and in traditional foods, we aren't afraid of fat. Fat is healing. Fat keeps us warm. It keeps our energies up. It keeps our brains functioning so we can think clearly. It satiates us so we're satisfied with our foods and we actually can have a, a lower... Um, you know, we're not binge eating or craving because we're satisfied if we have a lot of health and I see the hearts flowing. So I think you guys are resonating with this. So um, a little bit more, obviously in traditional foods, you have a good range of healthy, cooked and raw fruits and vegetables. So all the bounty of the season, eating them seasonally. Uh, You know, fruits are a wonderful dessert, right? And then of course we have beautiful vegetables to cook or eat fresh in salads, drizzled with raw um, extra virgin olive oil, or we have um, uh, the abundance of seasonal vegetables to ferment and make wonderful foods like sauerkraut. So that's all about the traditional food diet. I hope that was a good overview. about, you know, what is traditional foods? What is traditional cooking? Now, traditional cooking is what we do with those foods, but it also involves how we prepare them, some of the things I've mentioned, the broth, the fermenting, the soaking, sprouting of grains, beans, nuts, and seeds. So you have kind of it's a mishmash of both concepts, but they're under this umbrella of traditional foods. So are we all on the same page about what uh, traditional foods are? I see the hearts flowing. Great. Okay, so, um, I want to talk about a gut healing diet now. So uh there are a few. The one with which I'm most familiar is gaps. And Megan may still be here, my f- dear friend Megan at Meg Eat Beautiful. She's very familiar with gaps and has even, you know, gone a little bit beyond gaps to establish, or I should say, not establish, but to experience profound and deep healing in herself and members of her family through gut healing protocols, starting with gaps for several years and then going a little bit more, but there's others. There's body ecology, there's autoimmune protocol, even people that use paleo or primal to heal their gut. Um, I'm going to talk specifically about gaps because it's the one with which I have the most experience. Um, and I think it's a great starting place for anybody who needs to heal their gut. And you may discover certain things where you need to tweak, but GAPS has been marvelously healing and revolutionary for so many people, including me. GAPS is what healed my seasonal allergies. And I've been seasonal allergy free for at least three years. I'm really bad with years. Maybe it's four now, but I, I, I had debilitating allergies that I do not have anymore. So GAPS stands for Gut and Psychology Syndrome. It's a protocol developed by Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. I heard her speak once at a, uh, at a wise traditions, which is a, the conference of the Weston a price foundation in 2011. It was an amazing talk. She's a very, very knowledgeable and kind doctor. This diet makes a connection between the health of the digestive tract. So the permeability, the balance of microbes, inflammation, etc. So it makes a connection between the health of the digestive tract and the health of the nervous system and the rest of the body. If you've ever heard the phrase, it all begins in the gut or all healing begins in the gut. It's so true. The immune system is primarily the health of the gut. So if the gut isn't healthy, the immune system isn't healthy. And so we have a whole host of, um, psychological issues and physical issues and pain. I'm so many things that are tied to the health of the gut. The gaps protocol involves three things. Uh, of course the diet itself, which we'll talk about, it involves supplementation and detox therapies to help your body, you know, detox from those, those, microbes that may be in you that are the bad guys you know they are just producing toxins like crazy making you ill and giving you pain Um, or you may be having you know taking in an onslaught from environmental whatever you need to get that out of your body and so many people that are unwell cannot detox so that's why a large part of gaps is detox therapies to help your body detox and flush that stuff out So the GAPS diet focuses on healing and sealing the gut lining by removing all food stressors for an extended time. And then you treat your body with traditional foods like therapeutic bone broths. You also help your gut microbes rebalance by eating fermented foods and probiotics. The supplementation isn't heavy, but it is important. And then detox is a key part of it. Typically, someone who is serious about GAPS goes through a six-stage intro diet that lasts about three to four weeks, and then moves on to the full GAPS diet for 18 months to two years. Um, and this allows the body to gradually and safely rebalance and replenish nutrient stores while detoxifying and repairing damage. So that's typical, but there's, there are obviously shorter cases. Mine was shorter, and there are longer cases like my friend Megan. Um, so that's a little bit about the GAPS diet. And, I'm, and as I go in to talk about the similarities and differences now between traditional foods and GAPS, I think you will then see it's going to bring up the, um, the food restrictions that come up in the GAPS diet. So here are the overlaps to start with. We'll talk about where they're the same. And is everybody doing okay? Is everybody following okay? I'm so thankful you're here and thank you for continuing to share hearts in your comments and your love. I love the colors of those hearts. Gorgeous. Okay. So both gaps and traditional foods use bone broth. Both of them include fermented foods in daily life, preferably with each meal. If you could make that a goal for yourself, and it's so much easier than you might think, make it a goal for yourself to use, uh, to have fermented foods with each meal. Even a tablespoon of sauerkraut juice helps with digestion and is fermented food with every meal. Uh, Both put an emphasis on the source of foods, so grass-fed meats, organ meats, pastured meats, raw grass-fed dairy, organic, preferably local fruits and vegetables. The source and the quality is really, really important for those whole food ingredients that are the basis of your diet. Both put a strong emphasis on nutrient-dense and healthy fats, like fats from grass-fed animals, traditional fish oils, cold-pressed coconut oil, palm oil, extra virgin olive oil. Both emphasize fat-soluble vitamins and those that are easily absorbed, like from animal sources. The animal sources give us the most easily absorbed, rich sources of fat-soluble vitamins A, D, and K. And I would also add E. But Uh, both encourage the consumption of cholesterol-rich foods like caviar, cod liver oil, egg yolks, butter, and fish. Both include dairy as tolerated. GAPS handles dairy in a specific way, which I'll talk about Um, when I talk about the differences, both put an emphasis on how food is prepared for traditional foods. This is, this is what I was talking about before in the soaking, sprouting, and fermenting. So you have properly prepared nuts, seeds, legumes, and grains. Also, you don't eat foods that, and oils that have been processed by industrial means because often it's high heat, high pressure chemicals, and, um, especially oils just easily go rancid or the oils in foods go rancid. Um, In GAPS, this does mean different cooking methods if you're on GAPS intro. It also means how nuts and certain uh, beans are prepared. It also means not eating foods and oils um, processed by industrial means. So there's a lot of similarity there. Both diets exclude refined sugars and refined vegetable oils. Both exclude or very carefully limit soy Traditional foods does some naturally fermented soy like miso or naturally fermented and aged soy sauce or tempeh or natto. GAPS excludes soy entirely, which is kind of a a difference, but both of them are very careful with their exclusion of soy foods and both are full of nourishing real foods. So those are all the similarities between traditional foods and GAPS. Now there are differences though, and these are the key differences that are going to probably As well as your own, like yourself or your family's overall health, these differences are going to help you decide which diet is right for you, traditional foods or gut healing. Well, the length. GAPS is meant to end, as I mentioned, after a certain time. It's generally 18 to 24 months, and then you return to traditional food diet or paleo or primal traditional food diet is really lifestyle it's long-term it's not it's not it's like this is how we eat from here on out um and it's not a weight loss diet right it's a lifestyle diet it's a we're going to for the long haul seek out the best sources of our whole foods and we're going to avoid refined sugars we're going to avoid industrial fats etc um, having to do with broth and meat stock gaps includes therapeutic doses of bone broth. And there's also special low histamine and low glutamine meat stock for a 30 day period during the intro diet. And by therapeutic dose, I'm talking like a cup with every meal, at least one to two cups a day. Traditional food diet includes broth and includes, and it encourages regular consumption, but it's not really a therapeutic amount. Um, So somebody with a compromised gut and maybe even a compromised blood uh, brain barrier, which um, again, I'm relying on information, some information here that was shared by my friend um, um, Melanie Kristner in the original post I mentioned to you, which diet. And so she's got some of these technical facts here that I'm referring to for my notes And so if you have a compromised gut, a long cooked bone broth could pose issues for you until healing has taken place. So that's why in gaps, you might see shorter cooked, um, shorter cooked broth. And if you go to my friend Megan's site, uh, eatbeautiful.net and search for bone broth, she has a fantastic post on bone broth and the different stages of it. Uh, supplements gaps includes a specific supplemental protocol and the detox component i mentioned before traditional food is pretty much diet only there may be some selective supplements like fish oil or natural supplements if you take them Um, with regard to digestive healing this is where gaps is very very well suited to healing specific and giving you intensive help with digestive issues even with autism, ADD, eczema, headaches, migraines, skin issues, autoimmune conditions, allergies, et cetera. So um, again, I mentioned this before, but GAPS is what helped me heal seasonal allergies. And I wasn't getting better on a traditional food diet. I really had to do the GAPS diet for that. Traditional food diet doesn't specifically heal and seal the digestive tract. And so if you don't have an issue with your digestive tract having holes, we'd call it leaky gut syndrome. Um if you don't have these deeper issues the traditional food diet is is vitally important <clears throat> for you but if you have issues then a gut healing protocol becomes vitally important for healing and sealing the digestive tract because if you have holes in your gut your toxins are going right into your bloodstream and the rest of the body um And so that's where GAPS steps in. Now, if you do have that issue and you decide, well, I'm going to do traditional food for a while and I'll do gut healing later, you're going to begin to feel better no matter what. But GAPS is especially suited for healing and sealing the gut, if that makes sense. Now, in terms of family, because we live in families, right? We want a diet that's going to work for our family. Well, GAPS has a slightly steeper learning curve. It has an intensive intro diet component that's about 30 days, and then after that is the full GAPS diet for a total duration of you know two years or however long it takes for you. So it's not really as simple as saying I'm gluten-free or grain-free, um, but... There's so many resources out there, and I'm about to share some with you. There's so many resources out there that in spite of it being more restrictive and a steeper learning curve, you can, um, you can make it suitable for family life and even social occasions. But I'm not going to lie and say it's not harder. It is harder. Is it worth it, though? With the healing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, adaptability for a family, for the traditional food diet, it does include a learning curve. And that's why, of course, we have so many students at traditional cooking school. Um, but once the cooking skills are in place, the traditional cooking diet, traditional food diet is just very, well, I find it very easily adaptable to normal family life and social situations because uh, we just have so many good foods, potlucks, whatever. I mean, there's just so many options to take and share. Um, And There's also the 80-20 rule. If you're generally healthy, I'm not talking somebody who needs to be on a gut healing diet, but if you're generally healthy, um, eat traditional foods 80% of the time or even 95% of the time and indulging when you're in a social situation is not not going to be damaging for a generally healthy person. Okay, um, grains. Again, we're talking about differences here between the two. So GAPS aligns more closely to paleoprimal with the exclusion of hard-to-digest grains. Traditional foods includes grains, but proper preparation, right? We do soaking, sprouting, or fermenting slash sourdough of grains. That makes them digestible and nutritious for people who can have them. Um, differences, again, with regard to problematic food groups, meaning... Um, you know food groups you'd want to exclude so gaps heals the nervous and digestive system so you exclude food groups for a time because they're problematic for those areas you're trying to heal so the difficult or sorry the food groups that you want to, want to exclude are those that are difficult to digest or could cause you know problems and allergies so you have um, sugars fibers starches they feed the undesirable organisms they're hard to digest so they are excluded during the gaps or other gut healing diets. Now, traditional foods um, diet is pretty much foods in their real forms and then you prepare them properly for the best digestion and nutrition. There's not really excluded food groups other than you know foods that are part of the industrial era. We, we want whole foods in their best form, which is usually, in terms of fats at least, it's non-industrialized fats, it's the old-fashioned fats. Um, there are people on traditional food diets who exclude certain foods because of allergies, like there are traditional foodies that are gluten-free, or there's traditional foodies that are dairy-free, et cetera. It's not, I'm I'm mentioning that because you can definitely apply traditional foods with allergies without um without doing like a full-blown gut healing diet like gaps. Making sense, everyone? And the final difference is savory versus sweet. Uh, GAPS emphasizes savory foods as being 85% of the diet. So meats, broths, eggs, vegetables, fats, and only 15 of the diet being fruit, honey, and GAPS baked goods. Traditional food diet doesn't really make any particular distinction for savory versus sweet, although I think most of us would argue that we do want to keep the sweets down, right? I mean, you know, dessert once a week or, or, and of course, naturally sweetened desserts. So that's the, uh, that's it. I covered the traditional food diet. I covered a gut healing diet, specifically gaps. I covered the similarities between them and I covered the differences between them. And so now we're at the point where, well, which one do you choose? What's right for your family? I think you need to ask some questions of yourself, um, which is, do you have deeper issues to heal such as gaps would address? And I mentioned a whole bunch of them before. Um, digestive issues, autism, ADD, ADHD, eczema, headaches, migraines, skin issues, autoimmune conditions, allergies, etc. GAPs can be extremely effective or gut healing can be extremely effective at that. Um, The other question you have to think about is what's your lifestyle like? How's your family going to do with it? Maybe for a time you'd feel better and, and cover some ground on a traditional food diet and then you can think about gut healing later um, and then of course, just review all the things we've talked about already. Meg is saying to the previous question, who's, questioner, who's asking about gallbladder. Meg is saying to look into digestive bitters for your gallbladder. Thank you for chiming in with that, Meg. Now I have some more resources to mention for you. We've been contrasting traditional food or gut healing diet and, um, coming up in January, January 18th through the 25th is a free online summit on gut healing. It's called the Heal Your Gut Summit. The link is knowyourfoodpodcast.com/gutsummit. So it's a number of days with an amazing lineup of speakers sharing on all topics of gut healing, um, allergies and food sensitivities, autoimmune disorders, brain fog, cancer, candida and chronic yeast overgrowth, chronic fatigue syndrome, chronic pain, depression and anxiety hormone imbalance, inflammatory disorders, irritable bowel and leaky gut syndrome, skin conditions, thyroid disease, weight gain, and more. And I forgot how I just, if you look at the page, it's knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash gut If you just scroll down the, the speakers and topics just keep going and going and going. And I think four or five rows down, you'll see me, um, because I'm speaking on, um, how, a gut healing diet reversed my seasonal allergies. I cover basically three things, how allergies start in the gut, uh, why a traditional food healthy diet isn't enough. You know, we talked about the general traditional food diet, which I had been on for a number of years, but I needed to do a gut healing diet to heal my seasonal allergies. The traditional food diet wasn't quite enough. Even though all the hallmarks were there, I need to do a little bit more restriction for healing. And I also give practical tips for fermenting uh, foods. So even though it sounds like it may be way out, if you're here now, or you're listening when this podcast is released on or around January 1st, even though this summit is in, is uh, coming on January 18th, get registered now, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash gut summit. It's completely free. And it's the 18th through the 25th of several speakers every day. And how it works is you'll get the event link every day and you go to that page and you can watch the presentations that are up at your convenience for 24 hours. So it's not necessarily live, though you do have to check it out that day. They will have a recording package available too. So if you, if you miss it or there's some that you really want to refer to later, no matter what, it's a great resource that's coming up. So know your food slash gut summit. Now, if you're listening to this podcast later and it's over or you're not available or whatnot, here are some long-term resources that you can check out that are going to be available for the foreseeable future. First of all, Megan is here. My friend Megan, her cookbook, Eat Beautiful, is amazing for gut healing diets because it's grain-free, it's refined sugar-free, so there's sweets and savory, so you can eat beautifully if you need to be on a gut healing diet. The link to that is knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash Megan, 50% off and includes a set of videos. And that's an ongoing offer. Take advantage of it. It's fantastic. Another thing is the gaps class. This is by my friend Melanie Christner, and I've been quoting her a little bit with the material I've shared here today. She has an online course, the Gaps class. Um, the link is knowyourfoodpodcast.com/slash gaps class. So check it out because she has videos and worksheets and all kinds of things to help you implement and learn to do um, the necessities of a GAPS diet. Another thing is a 30-day prep guide. This is from Melanie. I just told you about her GAPS class. Well, she has a freebie for you, completely free. It's a 30-day prep guide. So within 30 days, it'll help you get ready to go on the GAPS diet if that's what you decide is right for you. Just easy, doable um, chunks of tasks every day. You know, Research this, acquire this. Then the next day, research this, practice this. The next day, okay, acquire some of this. It's you, you'd be surprised how far you can get in 30 days to get ready for the GAPS diet by following this prep guide. KnowYourFoodPodcast.com slash 30-day prep guide. All one word, three zero day prep guide. That's from Melanie. Fantastic resource. Another online resource is the Heal Your Gut class from my friend Lydia Shatney. She's a nutritional counselor. KnowYourFoodPodcast.com slash heal your gut. All one word, heal your gut fantastic resource. It's, um, it's not particular to gaps. It's a, an overview of gut healing protocols from probiotics to foods, all kinds of things. And finally, if you decide gaps is right for you, <clears throat> um, it's an amazing little cookbook for, to help you implement the intro diet. It's called what can I eat now? Cause you've decided you want to go on the gaps diet and you look at the list of what's allowed and you're like, well, what can I eat? Well, she has this 30 day intro diet cookbook that walks you through the stages of the intro diet with very simple recipes delicious recipes just kind of takes all the thinking out of it for you and all the overwhelm so that's for my friend kara and the link for you is knowyourfoodpodcast.com what can i eat now all one word what can i eat now So check that out. Now, I want to just wrap up this podcast. Um, I'm watching for your questions, so if you're here with me live on Periscope, be sure to pop them in. If it's something I can answer, I will, or I'll refer you. Um, The show notes for this episode are knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 143. If you're live with me now on Periscope, unfortunately, the show notes aren't ready for you, but if you're listening to this off iTunes or YouTube or the blog, that means the show notes are up, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 143. So if you've been driving or washing dishes and haven't been able to write down these links, just go to the show notes and I'll have them all there for you. You can also pop your questions into the comments there. And I just wanna encourage everybody at this point to do some weighing out of your options. And if you need some feedback, post in the comments, we can help you. Um, and if you're interested in gut healing or you think you may be down the road, I definitely encourage you to sign up for the gut summit that's coming up, the freebie. It's knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash gut summit get signed up right now. They even have some free gifts for you. Okay. So we are at the end now. I would like to know in the comments, if you're still here, um, uh, we have a, a good number of people still here who, for the long haul. Um, has any of, give me some feedback. Has any of this clarified your thoughts about traditional foods or uh, gut healing diets such as gaps? Have you, um, If you've been thinking about gut healing, do you feel more sure about it, more confident about it, have a deeper understanding about it? Do you have any questions about it? And I see, I don't know if you guys are going to have comments, if you're shy or you don't have anything to say, that's fine too. You could even just put a thumbs up in the comments to say, we're good. I'd love that. Okay. We have a, Lisa says, it has made me want to more seriously consider the gut. Great to hear. Um, we, another Lisa has a thumbs up and a heart. Tosh has a thumbs up. Great. Thank you for the feedback. Okay. Well, God bless you all. Thank you so much for joining me. And I will talk to you again soon. we're getting more thumbs up and hearts. A great way to end today's show. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to see you again very soon. Let me tell you what you can do next. You can visit the show notes for this episode. Just go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash and then without a space, type the number of this episode. You'll get links and much more information about what we've been talking about. You can submit questions for future episodes. I love to answer your questions on the air. So go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash questions to submit them. You can stop by traditionalcookingschool.com to get five free traditional cooking videos from me. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Know Your Food with Warty while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that other people will find this podcast. Thank you so much.